We have been observing how X functions, how I functions, how the body functions. And today we're going to start taking up the task that we will be with for a long time. But one of the most interesting tasks anyone ever undertook, that of I disidentifying from the self, from the not eyes, from John R. Mary, as the case may be. The word used for disidentifying in olden times was to renounce or to dispose of. In other words, cease owning it. So if one renounces the self, one ceases to claim it. So to disidentify is to cease to claim cease to treat the same as I, to renounce it, it is no longer. Another word that was used was to deny. So I deny that John is I. John is a piece of conditioning, a whole group of conditioned things that makes up a personality. Now all personality, all the many I's are the aspects of self or the conditioning that makes up personality is serving the four dual basic urgent, urges, which are called in some literature mammon, the urge to gain pleasure and comfort and to escape all pain, to gain attention and to avoid being ignored or rejected, to gain approval and to escape disapproval, and to gain a sense of importance and control over other people, and to escape the sense of inferiority or the inability to control others. The personality is referred to in some material as the scribes and the Pharisees, that they were intent upon having the favorable attention of men, of gaining their approval for their pious behavior, and of believing and doing as they were told by authority, the law. And, of course, the A side of that situation, the one that wants to complain to get its way, stick up for its rights and blame, was called Gentiles. But all of it makes up the personality, and there is two aspects of it, and it's at war with each other. There is an enemy within to the enemy within. Now, I neither identifies with the scribes of the Pharisees or the Gentiles. It renounces them both. It disidentifies from them and reports merely what is going on in that thing called personality. It is now serving X, which is its nature. It is the awareness function of X, and it is being obedient to its nature to be supplying accurate information to X as to what's going on. Now, the house has been taken over by usurpers, and the first chore of X is to observe the usurpers, report them to X, and X will take care of rendering them inoperative or removing them, or whatever it does. However, one will notice that when once or twice when something is really observed and reported to X that one doesn't see that particular not I again, another one will take over and be quite as effective in its effort to serve mammon 
but they will be diminishing everyone one observes. Now before one takes up this disidentifying, which seems like something strange, it's something different than anything we've ever done, the first thing one does, of course, is question the purpose of living. As long as we accept, take for granted that the purpose of living is to gain pleasure and escape pain on all levels of having attention, having approval, having a sense of importance, being able to control and manipulate other people by whatever means we use, and to avoid being ignored or rejected, or at least find an excellent justification that says they were pretty stupid if they did that. Always avoid disapproval, or if not justified that the person that did the disapproving was picking on me, uh, not seeing clearly, etc., and the sense of inferiority. As long as these are identified with, I is hypnotized, is serving mammon, because all of them are an effort to keep them. No matter what goes on, it is serving mammon. So disidentifying is to renounce, deny, as being I, the self. It is to dispose of it and see it as an object. Now, as long as we have as the purpose of living is to be non-disturbed, that of mammon, we're dependent upon everything that offers it, regardless of where it be communism, whether it be some other ideology, whether it be a person that I gain some pleasure from, and if I am dependent upon that pleasure, then I'm dependent on the person, then I must guard and watch, and I will feel jealous if they give any attention to anyone else. I will be fearful lest I lose that source of pleasant attention, and there is very apt to be violence. The inner man is in a state of violence as long as I is hypnotized by the not eyes and it is asleep. As I stands aside and is the observer, disidentifies, denies the self, renounces the self, and begins to report to X what's going on in that self, what is happening in that house that was really rightfully it but now is pushed out because they have taken over, then one is Reporting to X and is obedient to one's nature, and that is the greatest obedience there is. And without obedience to one's nature, one is identified in being disobedient to one's nature because one is serving mammon. And one is dependent upon every suggestion that offers pleasure and comfort or threatens pain. Now, the things that one renounces, of course, is called riches, possessions. Now, let's talk about not the house and the car and the property and the bank account, which all the self does possess, does possess, and we will leave it possessing those things. But let's observe that it possesses opinions of which it prizes highly and considers that my opinions are always correct and that other people's are always wrong and that I must defend these opinions. 
and you have probably observed a considerable amount of violence reported to X, a great emergency, and X prepared tremendous amounts of energy to defend a mere opinion that may and may not have any validity whatsoever and no way of checking it out. <clears throat> One's ideas that one has accumulated here and there are great possessions, great riches to the conditioned self. And so we observe, I observes, John defending opinions, claiming opinions, claiming ideas as his. And he frequently says somebody stole his idea because somebody else is doing something similar and he feels very mistreated and he sticks up for his right to have sole possession or at least the credit or honor for that idea. He also claims thoughts. So John says, my thoughts. I observe John claiming thoughts, and I can observe John's thoughts. I may not be able to observe anyone else's, but I can observe John's thoughts because I'm assigned to observe this earthly, this self, and I observe those thoughts. And I see that A puts up a thought, and then B puts up a counteract, and this is called thinking, and that basically they are set off by associations, which is pushing a button. So John had his face pushed in the Bermuda grass and beat up by a neighbor kid when he was five years old. Today he is allergic to Bermuda grass, because every time he goes by the Bermuda, he is about to be reminded of that kid that pushed him in the grass. He has a big account against the kid. And so he begins to cry and sneeze and feel mistreated. And it's said that he is allergic to Bermuda grass. To observe thoughts is most interesting because they are set off by association. And when it sets off one in A's association, B gets one that counteracts it. And the person says, I'm going to do this from A. And then B sets up and says, yes, but uh, this might happen if you do that. And then begins A to set up another idea as to what it would have, another thought. And then B says, yes, but. Or B originates an idea that we will do a lot of good and gain a lot of attention by giving a $1,000 to the Boy Scouts. But A says, yes, but if you do that, we can't get the boat. And we do want the boat. And B says, yes, but if we get the boat, we won't be able to give the $1,000. And somebody might say that we were just showing off. And A says, but it won't be showing off. It will be providing something for the family to enjoy. And I'm getting it all for the family. And we can listen to the justification. So I will observe thoughts, the thoughts of A, the thoughts of B, and the resultant contention going on between until one can overpower the other and talk in the name of I to report to X. But now when I is observing this going on, their story is intercepted by I. I is now the mediator between self and X 
before I was hypnotized and X was speaking in the name of I, or pardon me, the self was speaking in the name of I directly to X. Now I's on the job and is the mediator and it screens all the material that the self is rambling around with. So there begins to be an entirely different state of affairs. No longer can the self report directly to X because I has awakened from its hypnotic sleep and arose from among the dead ideas and is now reporting what is going on in the self. It reports what I has as a treasure and where I's attention continually is. The false I. The false I, the self's attention is all on the treasure of the four dual basic urges. It holds this out as the great treasure. And it continually attempts to gain it. It uses every contention to both A and B to get it. And the self is ever involved in war and it never gains the non-disturbed state. It's always a little bit held out in the future. But as one I, the real observer, begins to observe this, one realizes that the four dual basic urges are a fallacy. It is an illusion, and that the struggle towards that illusion is the disintegrating factor that has brought men to a disintegrated state of fighting jungle wars to each other, to hating each other, to contending constantly, and that within there is the battle going on between A and B. His outward world is merely an outward expression in society of each individual's inner state. One sees that one is while identified with the not-eyes is bringing about all the things that the not-eyes say they don't want. They want pleasure and comfort, but they're doing everything possible to bring about dissension. They want attention, and they do everything possible to have one ignored. So, as one observes this, one has a complete change in values but we will not start to work on the values yet. I is merely observing the action of the self, all the many not-eyes, all the bits of conditioning. One is observing personality. And as one observes this, this personality becomes rather passive. It is as an object being observed. It is a thing that is being observed much as one would look through a microscope and observe bacteria on a slide. It is purely an object or a thing. Now this is the beginning of awareness of self. The beginning of self-awareness is the beginning of objective awareness. Now all of our days we have been subject to whatever went on. We saw it as self. I was the subject. And how did this affect me? How did this affect? Now as I observe the not-eyes, I observe John, 
I will observe him building accounts against uh, Mary and against uh, every other person he meets. He will be building accounts against the government. He will be building accounts against someone that he hears speak out in public that is opposed to his ideas, that he feels in some way is a threat to him. He will see him, John, I will observe John indulging in self-pity because of something that happened long ago and because I was mistreated today. Somebody failed to give attention to John. Somebody failed to give approval when he felt he was entitled to it. He put on a good act. He was a scribe or a Pharisee, and nobody really gave him any great praise for it. He's horribly disappointed. Mary, I observe Mary when I'm the lady. I observe Mary being very upset because no one noticed her new dress. Now, I doesn't own a dress, and I doesn't own Mary. I is observing Mary, but Mary owns a dress, and Mary has a new dress, and it's very lovely, according to Mary, and possibly everybody else. But nobody noticed it, and nobody gave her a compliment, and nobody gave her any approval or attention, and she's very upset. Now, all this does not get to X anymore, because I is observing this. Mary takes care of the children, her children, please. And I observe Mary feeling that the children are obligated to her because she fed them and clothed them today and she washed their clothes and they should be obligated to her and do what she wants them to when she wants them to. And we might, I might observe Mary making the children feel guilty. It is an excellent means of controlling and if she doesn't control, she feels inferior. If she controls, she feels pretty good. She is powerful now. She is important. The children look up to her and feel obligated to her. I may observe Mary making John feel obligated because she cooked a good dinner or because she uh, dressed the, cleaned the house up very well. And if John doesn't notice these things, woe be to John. So I observe the play going on in the bits of conditioning. It is as though when we're above a house and looking down into a house that had no roof or a transparent roof and could see all the things going on in that house. Uh, maybe some kids are in the bathroom making a mess, some mother's in the kitchen cooking, and another one is uh, trying to uh, gain some approval somewhere by painting a picture or by doing a piece of work or whatever it may be. One eye is observing a house full of not eyes, which about half of them are opposed and trying to undo the intentions of the other half. One half is serving mammon by complaining, sticking up for rights and blaming. The other half is trying to serve mammon by trying to please everybody, by believing and doing as they're told by authority. And they quote books and say, you know this is what you should do. And this is the necessity, and this is absolutely necessary. 
and they tried to please mammon, gain mammon, serve mammon by appearing to be different. And there is a war going on. This is called conflict. It is called struggle. It is called resistance. I observe these and does not try to stop them, but is merely observing and reporting to X of what's going on in this house. This group of not-eyes really make up two nations, the Gentile and the Jews. The Jews live by the law. Please, everybody, believe and do as you're told by authority and appear to be different. The Gentile says, hang all that. It's important to have my way right now, and the way to get it is to complain. So I will put on a demonstration in the street. I will put on a protest meeting, which is a form of complaining. I will stick up for my rights to do as I want to by any conceivable sort of violence that may arise. I will be sure and describe what's to blame. So we're really observing peoples as well as observing not eyes because they really are people. So... We will make us a chart. The not eyes I have observed in self. And we will keep a little running track of them. Now we'll get reminded if we forget. We will be reminded by news stories of protest meetings. Of people sticking up for their rights. And for all the blame that you might hear as you read the, or watch the news, you will see many people being blamed for everybody else's difficulty. Somebody will blame somebody else for pollution. Somebody else will blame somebody else for higher prices, for inflation. Somebody will be blaming somebody for starting a war or not stopping a war. And this will be a reminder that such is going on within, and maybe that will wake I up. Now, we said that I will take a nap quite often, but every little shock will tend to awaken I and put it back on the job of observing the not-eyes, the self, John Mary. And as one observes this, one finds there is a cleaning out of many of the not-eyes. I begins to think it's rather funny that all these not-eyes are so busy serving an ideal called mammon. The ideal that instead of experiencing everyday existence and living and experiencing a more conscious state of being that unknowingly each and every one is trying to serve an ideal of being non-disturbed, of gaining pleasure, gaining attention, gaining approval, and importance and being very upset if they're ignored or rejected or have any pain or are disapproved of or find it incapable to get everyone to do what they want them to do when they want them to do. So we will keep us a chart, a nice sheet of paper, and I observed this not I doing so and so. I observed this not I doing so and so. This is to keep I awake. The chart being around the house will remind I to get back on the job.
eye is very weak. It's been hypnotized since shortly after birth, and it has, of course, not developed. It has remained weak. It has remained little while the personality has taken over and has become very powerful. And as one observes, this personality that is serving mammon and that one side of it has vanity. It has a beautiful picture of itself as being very holy, very righteous, very wonderful. And pride is on the other side defending. It's the only place that they cooperate. Pride defends vanity. Vanity is of B and pride is of A. So let's observe pride and vanity. We will also observe this self, that when it does gain a little attention or a little approval or a great pleasure or a great amount of attention or a great amount of approval, no matter how fortunate it would be from someone else's viewpoint, it is very quickly the greed makes it want more, better, and different. This is the trick of mammon, the four dual basic urges, no matter how much they should receive. They are never fully satisfied except for a very few minutes. And then the greed says more, better, and different. And let's observe greed only in this particular week, along with watching the not eyes. We'll see that when there is gratification of the senses, gratification of the urge to have attention, gratification of the urge for approval, and even gratification of the power urge, the sense of importance that it's never quite enough. And that very quickly, Mammon says, but that's not quite enough. Let's have more, or let's have better, or let's have different, or let's have it given for a different reason. And as we observe this, we will see many not-eyes that will not appear again in a few days. So let's observe them. Let's do not condemn or justify them. We observe and record what not eyes I have observed this day. And each day we will keep a running list of them. Now, one or two may seem to you that it's the same one, but they're excellent masquerade artists. So one that was... Uh, Attempting to please people may appear not to be gone. Now, the whole mess of pleasers won't be gone because there's many ways to please, and each one of them is a separate I. Remember that each piece of conditioning became a separate I. So, one I please by smiling, another I please by waiting on someone, another pleaser I pleased by giving compliments, another pleasing that I gave favors of various and sundry kinds. So there is minty pleasing not eyes. There is minty eyes that want to be different. They have many different ways of being different. Almost everything that one has heard complimented through the ages and not I jumped up and says, that's me, and he began to practice his eyes. And there is many authoritative not-eyes. There is many complaining not-eyes. There is many 
belligerents sticking up for rights, not eyes. And oh, what a multitude of blaming, not eyes, they are. We will observe and watch the termites cease to be quite so thick.